Happy Friday, everybody, and thank you for downloading and listening to this new edition of Flicks and Football. I am your host, Tony Farinella. On this Friday, December 7th, I will be previewing the Atlanta Falcons and the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. They will be playing Sunday, December 9th at noon in a game that is two teams that have massively underachieved. Two teams that when the NFL put the schedule together probably thought these two teams would be competing for the first, second, or third seed in the NFC. Instead, they're looking at draft positioning. And they both have their starting quarterbacks healthy. Rogers health, who knows what will come out after the season as far as how healthy he really is and some of the things he's had to battle. He hasn't looked like himself. That much we know. Maybe he'll look different with uh, Joe Philbin calling the plays this Sunday. Both teams have been struck by close losses, injuries, and bad luck. In the NFL, if you want to have a successful season, you have to stay healthy, you have to be lucky, and you have to be good. If you're all three of those things, you have a good chance of succeeding and winning a Super Bowl. Let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. What sticks out to me with them is how much it must hurt them thinking about Super Bowl 51. That's a loss I don't think you ever recover from as a team. That year, they beat the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game. They blew them out of the water. The game wasn't even close. It was 31 to nothing at one point in the final game at the Georgia Dome. They have a 28-3 lead late in the second half versus Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. The game goes to overtime, and the Patriots win. The following year, 2017, Atlanta still makes the playoffs. They get in as a wild card. They go in on the road to Los Angeles, and they beat the Rams. They lose to the to the to the eventual Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles on a goal line stand. Where if they score a touchdown there, they win that game, and they're in the NFC Championship game against the Minnesota Vikings. So even though they had success last season because they made the playoffs, that's always success. Might not be as successful as some people would like it. To be a lot of people think the only success is the Super Bowl, but there's variations of success. It just didn't seem like the same team. Seems like things have been ever since Kyle Shanahan left, and uh, they've had a new offensive coordinator. There's been a lot of uh, debate about how long it took for Julio Jones to get his first touchdown. Um, how he hasn't been getting the ball enough. To me, he's an, he's an elite receiver, probably. There's so many good receivers. I always feel like my top three, top five changes, but I would say maybe he is the best receiver in the NFL. They also have uh, Calvin Ridley, another great receiver from Alabama. They have Mohamed Sanu. They have a lot of weapons on offense, led by the 2016 Most Valuable Player, Matt Ryan. I'm sure he would have rather won the Super Bowl that year than the MVP. Ideally, you'd like to have both, but... I guess the MVP was a consolation prize, and they lost to the Cowboys on the last second field goal. They lost to New Orleans in overtime. They've had some really bad luck, similar to my Green Bay Packers. And the one common thread, you know, more common than anything, that ties these two teams together 
in 2018 are injuries to key players. A lot of people like to point out the 2010 Green Bay Packers and say, oh, you shouldn't use injury injuries as an excuse because the 2010 Green Bay Packers had 15 players on injured reserve and they still won the Super Bowl. However, a lot of those injuries were not at key positions and the positions that were hit with injuries, they were able to find guys off the street that produced, they coached them up well, and they had good replacements ready to come in and play well. This season, their depth has been severely tested at many positions, and to even compare the 2010 team to the 2018 team is not fair. Two vastly different teams in terms of where they were at this point in the season and how things unfolded. So, I'm going to break down the injuries for both the Atlanta Falcons and for the Green Bay Packers, just to give you a glimpse as to why these teams are as bad as they are this year, with Atlanta being 4-8 and and Green Bay being 4-7-1. Now, when I say bad, they've been competitive. I mean, I, I mean, there's been a couple games that have gotten away from Atlanta, <clears throat> As far as Green Bay, as I mentioned on Friday's podcast, the biggest they've lost by is 14 points, which probably makes it even all the more maddening for fan bases of both teams because they feel as though, hey, our teams aren't that far away. If a couple, if the ball bounces our way, you know, here and there, we're probably looking at maybe, um, you know, different record after 12 games. Maybe we're seven and five. Maybe we're six and six. But. That, that's not the way it is. The ball's not bounced away for either teams. They've been incredibly unlucky and, in, and filled with injuries. So let's start with the Atlanta Falcons and some of the, some of the injuries they've had to endure this season. All right, as I was saying, Atlanta Falcons, guys on injured reserved. Ricardo Allen, cornerback, out for the year. Andy Levitri, guard, out for the year. Keanu Neal, safety, out for the year. Brandon Fusco, guard, out for the year. Devontae Freeman, star running back, out for the year. Derek Shelby, defensive end, out for the year. Josh Harris, long snapper, out for the year. That's, that's, the names that stick out to me are Ricardo Allen, Andy Levitri, Keanu Neal, Brandon Fusco, and Devontae Freeman. Those are really, really good players that the Atlanta Falcons are missing, especially when you we take into account that the NFL, as everyone says, has become a passing league. And if you don't have uh, Ricardo Allen at corner, and if you don't have Keanu Neal at safety, that poses a problem. When you're missing Andy Levitri at guard, and when you're missing Brandon Fusco at guard, that's also a problem, as that creates interior pressure. Now, let's focus on the Green Bay Packers and their injured reserve list. If you're a Packer fan, this might be the part of the podcast where you want to lower the volume or cover your ears. Still keep it rolling, because I want you to listen to the podcast but and have it keep rolling, but maybe just for the sake of your... Sanity, you might not want to hear it, but just don't turn the podcast off is what I'm saying. But maybe just lower the volume if you're a little sensitive like I am. For the Green Bay Packers, I'm going to focus on some of the uh, bigger names that have landed on injured reserve. Mohamed Wilkerson, big free agent signing, 
who has worked with Petten and had great success with Mike Petten, the defensive coordinator. High hopes for him. He's out in week three. Injured reserved with an ankle injury. Devon House, some some depth at the cornerback position, out for the year with a shoulder injury. Nick Perry, the high-priced outside linebacker, out for the year with a knee injury. Geronimo Allison, who came on very strong in the Chicago game and the Washington game, out for the year with a groin injury. Kevin King, second year in a row, out for the year. This year with a hamstring, last year with a shoulder. So he has not completed an NFL season, Kevin King. Mike Daniels, great run stuffer, defensive end, out with a foot injury. Trevor Davis, great return man, hamstring injury. Inside linebacker Jake Ryan, knee injury. That's just some of the players that are on the, those are some of the, some of the bigger names. Some of the smaller names I'll get into. Kyle Murphy, the Packers have struggled with uh, depth at the tackle position. He has missed the entire season. Ibrahim Campbell, a safety who showed some promise. He just was recently put on injured reserve. Uh, who else do we have here? Cole Madison, guard, personal, never suited up. I, I don't even believe he reported the training camp, if memory serves correct. So that's been a, you know, he's a guy they could have, used at the guard position because when they showed the NFL films of the Green Bay Packers playing the New England Patriots, they showed how Belichick said, keep going after the guards. And he meant Lane Taylor and Byron Bell. Everyone thought that, that Justin McRae was going to step in and, and be the guard after, uh, the right guard, excuse me, after the season he had last year you know, playing multiple positions. However, he got hurt and Byron Bell took over and and Justin McCray only got his job back when uh, Byron Bell left last Sunday's game. As far as our injury report for the upcoming game, it is not pretty, my friends. I'll read it off to you here. We have long snapper Hunter Bradley. He's questionable. Considering some of the kicking woes, this is something I'm going to keep an eye on. Lane Taylor, He's questionable. Randall Cobb, questionable. Clay Matthews, questionable. Byron Bell, questionable. Bashad Breland, cornerback, questionable. Kentrell Bryce, questionable. Brian Bulaga, questionable. Raven Green, questionable. And Jimmy Graham is probable. The most troubling aspect of that injury report is the fact that three-fifths of the offensive line are on it. Brian Bulaga, Byron Bell, and Lane Taylor. Now, Rodgers, I would imagine, is going to play all final, all, all the final four games. At least I hope he does. He should. And knowing what a competitor he is, the fact he came back into that Chicago game and, you know, gutted it out and won that game being done 20-0 in the second half shows that he, he's a competitor and he's going to want to play. And he, he's going to want to win. And all the players seem to really like Joe Philbin. He talked about... Um, Joe Philbin, that is, uh, weightlifting and how it's optional and how they had the highest attendance of the season early this week after McCarthy was fired and he was the interim coach. As the Miami Dolphins coach, he was 24-28. and 28. He was fired also midseason, much like McCarthy. 
Philbin seems like an even-keeled, relaxed kind of guy. He's been described as having a dry sense of humor. Um, I've seen this happen before, as have, as other people have pointed out, where there is a new coaching hire, and it kind of reinvigorates people and, and gets them on their toes and gets them ready to play. However, with the injuries that Green Bay has at corner and the injuries on the offensive line, I still do not feel comfortable picking them to beat Atlanta at home. I'm not sure I feel comfortable with Green Bay winning the game until they play the Jets, quite frankly. So, I, as everyone has pointed out, I've heard this said over and over again, Green Bay has trouble scoring points. They have Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and Aaron Rodgers, who has flashes, as I've pointed out, where he looks like his old self, and other times where he looks very off-kilter here and there. So, I have Atlanta scoring 31, and I have Green Bay scoring, I would say, 20. So, I think Green Bay loses again. I think there might be a renewed energy, but I just don't think that they have enough on the offense and the defensive side to win this game. And I think they're going to lose again. They're going to give up a lot of points, and they're not going to score enough to win. I think Atlanta is going to go into Lambeau Field and hand them their second straight loss at Lambeau, and then... Things get even more heated and more difficult for the Green Bay Packers. As I always say, hope I'm proven wrong. Hope to be back here on Monday as a Victory Monday, talking about how the Green Bay Packers were rejuvenated and revigorated, and they came out, and they looked like the Packers of old, and they scored a ton of points on Atlanta, and the defense played lights out, and they got a huge victory, and they're going to play these... Last three games against Chicago, the Jets, and the Lions, and they're going to finish 8-7-1, not have a losing record, sweep the Bears, and they're going to go into the 2018 season with people asking, should, should, should Joe Philbin be the head coach? What changes are going to be made? And have some optimism. I'm hoping for optimism. I'm hoping for things to turn around in a positive direction, but as I pointed out, until I actually see it happen, I have a hard time believing it. Even though I picked them to beat Arizona, which I think almost everybody on the planet did, if you did pick Arizona, 14-point underdogs, you're, you're a genius. Although, really, what happened, it was surprising, and it wasn't, considering the level of play that Green Bay has shown. Um, whenever I play Madden 19 for the PS4, they like to point out how even Green Bay's victories have not been that impressive, so... Let's see them get an impressive win over Atlanta, although I think it's Atlanta 30, and I think it's Green Bay 21. We'll find out if I'm wrong. Hope I am. But everybody have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Monday, December 10th, as I review what happened in the Packers and the Falcons game. Until then, have a great weekend, and take care, everybody.